Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Combating Woke Inc.'s takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast. Sports downright. All right, welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. This is Donnie Copeland, your host, and we're so thankful that you joined us here. And man, I just can't tell you thank you enough for uh, all of you listeners and where you grow in the podcast today. We're going to be talking about Jim Brown. Hang on, it's going to get good. Yeah, the media doesn't like him, but we do here. that you join us here today and again thank you so much for everybody the way that you are uh, supporting the podcast you're sharing it you're telling people about it it's growing every day i'm really enjoying the minute with the goat i hope you're enjoying those our latest one is about riley Gaines. uh it's really really good and uh some people may wonder why we spend a lot of time like this week i'm going to be doing my podcast here on tuesday about jim brown and then on Thursday, I'll drop a minute with the goat, and it's going to be a Jim Brown uh, minute with the goat. And you say, well, you know, why so much emphasis on Jim Brown? Well, one, because Jim Brown was a phenomenal athlete and was probably the greatest running back that ever lived. Uh, but two is also uh, he was uh, somebody who never compromised who he was. He wasn't perfect by a stretch and we're, by any stretch, and we're going to talk about that here tonight about how he was not uh, a perfect human being by any stretch. Uh, But there's plenty of other people that have had uh, issues just like he has had. But uh, we're going to talk about what his real uh, real, uh, transgression was as far as the media. There was, you know, I went to the NFL's website. uh, I went to uh, ESPN's website. There was definitely you know, coverage there, but it wasn't wall to wall and it wasn't the world stops and the, the flag is that half mass, uh, you know, type, not, not literally, uh, like it was with Kobe. Uh, and so, uh, and I'm going to talk about that, that parallel and what it means. And, uh, there's a great piece that, um, that is on the blaze, uh, that Jason Whitlock did. I, I love Jason Whitlock. Shout out to uh, Jason Whitlock and uh, Fearless. Uh, and uh, he he talked really, and he he had a not a close relationship, but had an acquaintance with Jim Brown. So he brings a unique perspective. I want to I want to approach it from a different perspective because I didn't know him. I didn't have any type of journalistic relationship with him. But I want to look at it from a fan like you would look at it and maybe even talk about some things that you hadn't thought about. Because so often with the media, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll either see something or won't see something. And it's a direct, direct result of that person's ideology, which generally, if it's negative uh, or is not at all missing, it is because of their political 
uh, stance. And that's certainly the case with Jim Brown. So uh, today, as always, we are brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com, RedRiverAuto.com. That is the most patriotic car dealership in America. Uh, And these are patriots who sell to patriots and anybody else. But if you're a patriot and and you are, you wouldn't be listening to this show. uh, Make sure you give Red River Auto uh, a shot at your next car buying experience. And then uh, we're also brought to you by MyPillow.com. Uh, and their sheets, their Giza dream sheets are revolutionary. They are life-changing. And I don't say that lightly. You have to try them. Listen, if you, if you try them, you don't like them, just send them back. But I guarantee you that you will like them. I tell you what, if you will try the Giza dream sheets, and if for some reason you don't like uh, the, the Giza dream sheets, you say, I tried them and I didn't like them, I sent them back. Uh, I'm going to send you, when we when we roll out our merch, I'm going to send you free merch. Uh, all you have to do is show me that you sent back your Giza Dream Sheets. That's how sure I am of the Giza Dream Sheets. They are phenomenal. Uh, they're slippers as well. So don't forget about RedRiverAuto.com and MyPillow.com. Let's dive right into the show today. Uh, thank, uh, thank you for the way you're supporting the Minute with a Goat. Uh, this is something that's kind of our short commentary we're doing uh, in between episodes, kind of give you some additional content between uh, the uh, weeks, each week that we do uh, the long form show. So it's kind of our short form. Also, very exciting news on the Doc Washburn show front. Doc has launched his first uh, video today. If you're not and you don't know what I'm talking about, the Doc Washburn show is the conservative talk a podcast slash now I'm happy to announce video cast. Uh, I'm actually uh, a part of the Doc Washburn show. Doc lost his job uh, at Cumulus Media. Me and two other partners went in and, and we launched the Doc Washburn show. And uh, we've been going now for about 19 months. We just launched video today. It's on Rumble as we speak. It's on YouTube as we speak. And going to all the other uh, your favorite uh, platforms as well. He also has a podcast, and uh, you're going to love it. Got some phenomenal interviews coming up. But let's dive into the Jim Brown. Uh, uh, what really got me started on this, and I always, I, I pretty much knew I was going to do Jim Brown uh, tonight, uh, or it's night for me, but whenever you listen to this. And the reason I was going to do Jim Brown was because I know the media all too well. If they're not talking about something or they are talking about something, if they're talking about it, you know, you, you heard the old saying, if if his or her lips are moving, they're lying. Well, that's the media. That could have been coined for the media. Another uh, saying that could be coined for the media is fact, facts get in the way of a good story. And they have plenty of good stories, but, but short on facts. And so uh, when I saw... What in 2020, uh, let's say 2016, 2017, that Jim Brown was actively campaigning and supporting <coughs> Donald Trump, uh, then I knew, and he really caught a lot of blowback. How could you do that? Was kind of the reaction. And then I knew when Jim Brown passed away, I said, Watch, uh, there will be, be um, coverage. You couldn't cover, not cover Jim Brown. That's what I want to make clear here. There was no way they couldn't cover Jim Brown. 
So there was one or, one or two ways to cover it. It was to ignore him, and he's too big to ignore the greatest running back that ever lived. And we're going to support that with uh, with statistics uh, tonight or today, whatever, uh, on this podcast. And then uh, secondly, uh, he he was a huge figure in a lot of other ways. So you either had to talk about him, but talk about him in a negative sense and really focus uh, and, and play the balance game where you say, oh, yeah, he was a great running back, but he had this, he had that. So here's the uh, kind of and, – and, and, and Rush was so good at this. He would play you those clips of every single – not every single, but many, many outlets. And if you'll notice, they would use the same words, a word, literally. They would say, you know, uh, disappointing, 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 disappointing. Trump's decision, disappointing, disappointing. And so what they're doing, they're driving this. That's kind of the, the Democratic typists, which used to be known as journalists. And so they get their marching orders. The word for the day is disappointed or disappointing. And that's what they do. Well, the word for Jim Brown when Jim Brown passed away was the word complicated. Now, the, the word complicated in the media is never used for a liberal just like the word controversial is never used for a liberal. It never says uh, some some militant uh, liberal who burned down, uh, you know, uh, institutions, who firebombed uh, uh, places. You, you know, it'll say uh, something like uh, civil rights uh, activists or probably not even that negative, civil rights advocate, uh, passionate, you know, but when it's a conservative, it's uh, controversial. Controversial to whom? To you, the media. Uh, and so the the word of the day for Jim Brown, go look it up, go listen to the different clips. So you got to look for this stuff. And a lot of you do, you, you get it. But then once you get it, it becomes, you can, you can actually predict it. And here is the word, complicated. And so I thought, okay, here we go. And I first saw it on uh, or in an article uh, with uh, by Esquire. And I don't remember the writer's name. And it was The Complicated Life of Jim Brown. I was like, okay. And so The Complicated Life of Jim Brown. So let's look at The Complicated Life of Jim Brown, okay? And then what I want to do is not only look at the complicated life of Jim Brown, I want to compare Jim Brown to some other uh, stars that were maybe not so complicated. And then I want to give you, at the end of uh, this uh, podcast, I want to give you my take on why Jim Brown uh, seemed to be complicated or, or not seem to be complicated. He was cast as complicated by the media. When, uh, but but I'll get to that. I'll get to the other here in just a minute. But let's look at. Uh, sometimes I think we forget, and some of us weren't alive when Jim Brown uh, played. Jim Brown only played nine years uh, in the pros, which I found uh, amazing. Um, he was he was pretty uh, he, he was a pretty amazing career. Uh, 1954, Jim Brown burst into the college football scene as a freshman at Syracuse, ran for 666 yards, uh, eight touchdowns. 1955, that was in 54, 55, 986 yards, 14 touchdowns. So 
you know, he's not a 17, 18 year old kid anymore. So he runs for 14 yards shy of a thousand yards as his sophomore year, 14 touchdowns. Uh, then in 1956, uh, he runs for another, uh, another 986 yards, which is pretty amazing. Exact same yardage. Uh, another 14, uh, touchdowns and, uh, Average 6.2 yards per carry, which is, I mean, you think about that. That's two-thirds of what you need for a first down. Uh, you know, he averaged that per. So on first down, if he ran, he averaged two-thirds of a first down every time he ran the ball. His final season at Syracuse, uh, uh, he he had another 986 yards and scored 15 touchdowns. Pretty amazing. He had exactly the same yards, so that may not be – Totally accurate. I'll check that and make sure. But in his NFL career, which spanned uh, nine years, he only played for one team, uh, and that was for uh, the Cleveland Browns. He was drafted by the Browns. Uh, and he actually was from Georgia, but ended up playing for uh, Syracuse in college. Uh, so in the he was a sixth overall pick, which typically running backs are not even that high because they're so plenteous. But in the 57 draft, uh, he was the number six pick overall. Uh, in his first year as a rookie, which is unheard of, he had 942 yards uh, and led the league, setting a rookie record that would stand for 62 years. Amazing. He scored nine touchdowns uh, in that rookie year. In 58, uh, he had... Um, 1,527 yards, good night, 17 touchdowns. And uh, that year the Cleveland Browns played in the NFL championship game uh, but uh, fell short in that that year. 59 through 61, that would have been his third, fourth, and fifth seasons in the NFL. Uh, he was uh, just, just phenomenally consistent. Uh, he led the league each year, accumulating, staggering, 1,329, uh, yeah, 1329 in uh, 1329 in uh, 1958, uh, but he was he he had this unique kind of like a Bo Jackson unique uh, size and speed combination. Uh, and in '62, in this is mind blowing. In his sixth season, 1962, uh, Brown ran for 1,863 yards with 17 touchdowns. Then '63 to '65, uh, which would be his final three seasons, uh, he had uh, 1,446 yards in 63, uh, 1,544 yards in 64, and 1,544 yards in 65. Then he retired uh, and started playing, uh, uh, only played nine years, a total of 12,312 yards, uh, and so had 106 touchdowns and averaged, get this, 5.2 yards per carry for his career. First down, he's got half of uh, of a first. Uh, on first down, he's got half of a first down. That's uh, that's amazing. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about the. And I'm using air quotes for those of you uh, 
that uh, are listening on the podcast. And, and I'm not doing a Facebook Live tonight because I'm doing the show uh, a, a day early because I'm going to be out of town for the next couple of days. Uh, but in 1965, um, uh, Jim Brown uh, faced a charge for assault and battery. Um, he was accused of assaulting a young lady uh, or a young man over an argument about a woman. A lot of his trouble was was women uh, related. Uh, he was convicted and sentenced to one year probation. In '68, he faced another legal hurdle when he was charged with assault with intent to commit murder. He was accused of throwing his girlfriend off a balcony. However, the charges were later dropped. Uh, that's something you won't read in the New York Times, by the way, that the charges were dropped. Uh, in 85, Brown's legal troubles resurfaced when he was arrested and charged with rape and assault. Uh, these uh, these charges were dropped. Many people believe that this, this particular case was someone trying to extract money out of him. 1999, he faced legal repercussions Yet again, he was arrested and charged with vandalizing his wife's car during a heated argument. Uh, so uh, then 2002, he was also in a dispute, domestic dispute with his wife. During uh, his arrest, charged with spousal battery, making criminal threats. However, his wife later declined to testify and the charges were dropped. So there's no doubt he had some uh, legal issues uh, and, and had, you know, had a domestic, uh, or had a, uh, definitely an anger problem and a problem with, uh, seemingly with, and again, I don't know uh, all the details of these. I know a lot of times people that's got a lot of money, uh, you know, they're the target, but also in fairness, uh, on both sides. Uh, but, uh, what, what I do know is that the majority of these, uh, issues, in fact, only one, uh, did he actually, uh, on two of the four, uh, he actually uh, spent any, one, he spent any jail time, which was one day. He spent a total of four years on probation for everything that I've listed to you. So uh, so when you look, then you go, then you think about that. This was uh, 99-2000. Obviously, he and his wife were having some trouble. Um but a lot of this was years and years ago. And so what Jim Brown did do is Jim Brown began to really focus his, uh, his attention on Hollywood. He focused a lot of his attention on, uh, on uh, nonprofit. And he started an operation called uh, American, uh, which was American, but, um, but America. I can program in 1988. Uh, he is really responsible for turning a, a lot of gangbangers around, changing their lives. Uh, he was known for going into uh, really, really tough areas of Cleveland uh, and later in other in other cities, and and really having a huge influence on a lot of young uh, men and even young women. Uh, later in his life as he, from 1988 and on, in this endeavor to uh, transform uh, those in his life. He was very, uh, he was very active in demanding that, uh, you know, black people had equal rights, voting rights, and access to restrooms and restaurants and so forth. 
just like Martin Luther King Jr. And so he was, he was very active and very vocal there. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he was very patriotic. Uh, and here's the thing that I want to uh, kind of spend the next uh, few moments on that I think is so important uh, about Jim Brown. Uh, and I want to spend probably the next 15, 20 minutes. It's not going to be a super long um, uh, episode. But what I want to focus on is why Jim Brown is listed as being complicated. But Will Chamberlain was never listed as being complicated. Will Chamberlain had, if you go look at Will Chamberlain's life, look at the litany uh, of, of women, look at Kobe Bryant's life, and look at the accusations on Kobe Bryant. Look at the accusations on uh, many, many, not just black athletes, white and black athletes, uh, both living and now passed on. And you will see uh, a lot, a lot of uh, issues that were there. And we see it in the news constantly that, you know, this athlete has been accused of domestic violence. This one is being accused of, um, you know, uh, whatever. And, and we see that it's, it's far too common. Um, but many of those athletes that are no longer with us, uh, when they passed away, the focus was on uh, their accomplishments as a athlete or maybe even uh, in civil rights or in other areas. But nothing is mentioned about their, and again, I'm using air quotes here, uh, their complicated past or their the violence or the dark stain on their life as was with Jim Brown. And I would, I would venture to guess the reason uh, for this is because Jim Brown was, was not what you and I, most of us on this show, now not everybody that listens to the show is conservative because this show is a sports show. It's not necessarily political, even though we are uh, definitely and unapologetically to the right. We That's why we call it sports done right from the right. Uh, uh, Jim Brown uh, did some things that were not uh, necessarily, uh, you know, in in lockstep with conservatism. Uh, so you, you couldn't just put him in a box. The thing about Jim Brown was, and this was a great point, and I give credit to Jason Whitlock, was his consistency. Uh, he was always consistent, and he was not going to bow <clears throat> to the sports media or to public pressure. Because here's what happens to uh, black uh, athletes. Here's what happens to not just black athletes, uh, but but primarily uh, black athletes, and then to people who the media makes. Listen, Rush Limbaugh always had this uh, this premise about the media, and it's so true. He said the reason the media could not penetrate and bring down Donald Trump was because the media didn't make Donald Trump. Now, if the media builds somebody up, and makes them someone that is iconic, someone that is great, someone that you know you should follow, and then that person doesn't stay uh, towing the line. They don't speak the liberal mantra. They don't stay on the plantation, as it were. Then the media is more than happy to bring them down, and we've seen that happen with different politicians. 
you know, that uh, maybe ventured uh, outside of uh, of the, you know, of the plan, the liberal plantation. And we see this especially with black athletes. Many of these guys came from, not all, but most came from very poor, very uh, humble beginnings. And so you get tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, in some cases, billions of dollars. And man, the last thing you want to do is lose that. And you want people's approval and you want to be, uh, and that's why you want to be accepted. And that's why I respect uh, Charles Barkley so much. Charles Barkley just doesn't care. And uh, he'll say what he's going to say, uh, whether conservatives or liberals like it or not. But that's not the case for most. Most are going to, man, I got to push for Obama, even though Obama is is not what's best for America. I got to push for Do- uh, Joe Biden, even though he doesn't know where he is. I've, I've got to come out for trans, I got to support Brittany Griner. Uh, I got to support transgenderism. I got to quote, I've got to support whatever uh, the left wing woke mob uh, is pushing this week and the identity group that they're pushing this week. And if you don't do that, then you become a pariah. Then you become someone. Now, I would say uh, Charles Barkley is one of the few, if not the only athlete, uh, movie star, and I'm talking about, I know he's not a movie star, but falls in that real popular. Look at Kanye. Kanye was always looked at as, as a genius and looked at as this mad scientist of music until he come out for Trump. Then all of a sudden, you know, they said he needs to go to the funny farm and he's a nut job. Uh, where where Charles has, uh, Charles Barkley has been smart as far as his brand is he didn't tell you who he's voting for. He didn't tell you what he thinks about a certain politician, but he certainly doesn't come out, mind coming out and speaking very plainly about what he thinks about different things. Well, the mistake that Jim Brown made was Jim Brown came out uh, and, and I, I, I was shocked to know this, that he came out and supported and actually campaigned for Richard Nixon and then uh, at the same for Donald Trump. Now, him and Donald Trump were friends way before Donald Trump had anything to do with politics. So here's the thing that makes, yeah, did Jim Brown have some uh, legal troubles in his life and there were there some things that, uh, you know, he, he wasn't, a choir boy uh, by any stretch, uh, but three of those four things he was not convicted on. That's number one. Number two, you look at all the people that have gone on and then even those that are living today that have committed, uh, or at least been accused of everything from uh, uh, stealing to murder, and that's not how they're identified as controversial or, or complicated Uh you know, and then if someone brings it up, they're actually labeled a racist. But I think the thing that makes Jim Brown less appealing to the media uh, and to celebrate his life and his tremendous accomplishments uh, is his legacy of uh, calling out people like Colin Kaepernick. At first, when Kaepernick, you know, uh, pulled his pub- publicity stunt, uh, Quite honestly, because he couldn't stay on a roster, so he had to he had to pivot, uh, kind of like uh, this Sean. I'm trying to think of his last name. 
the guy that poses to be uh, black, but he's really white. You know, when you don't have anything else going for you, uh, the other girl that's white but poses uh, black uh, and, and has made a living, Sean King, uh, is made a living off of, you know, pretending to be black. Uh, well, when you don't have anything else, that's what you have to do. And, uh, and so Colin Kaepernick, uh, he all of a sudden starts kneeling. Well, guess who calls him out? Jim Brown calls him out. Says, look, son, if you, wanna, if you want to say we've got progress to be made in America, I can agree with you. If you can say there's things that we need to look at, I, I, I'm with you. But what I'm not with you is kneeling and denigrating the flag and denigrating and, and criticizing your country. We're American, son. And that, that was pretty much a direct quote. Well, guess what? That doesn't go over. Uh, Jim Brown got off of the plantation. Jim Brown didn't walk the company line. Jim Brown didn't say what he was supposed to say. Jim Brown didn't support the president candidate, presidential candidate he was supposed, supposed to support. So guess what? You can't be in the club anymore. And you know what? Jim Brown had a massive dose of, I don't care. And that's what made him special was that he made up his mind that, you know, he was going to be himself. So no, Jim Brown wasn't complicated. Jim Brown was actually quite simple. Uh, he was a man that was flawed like all of us. He had ideals. Uh, he had, uh, philosophies, he had principles, and he stuck with them. And if you didn't like it, that's fine. Uh, if he supported somebody, he supported them. Uh, and so, you see, here's the thing that most, uh, the uh, especially the establishment of the GOP doesn't understand, they actually think if you compromise with a liberal, a liberal will compromise with you. But nothing could be farther from the truth. A liberal will never compromise with a conservative. Now, they certainly want you to compromise with them. They certainly certainly want you to raise the debt limit. They certainly want you to uh, add, uh, you know, immigration numbers. But if you ask them, hey, can we put up some more wall for some more legal immigration? Oh, absolutely not. Because a, a liberal will not ever negotiate. They never do. It seems like they do, but they don't. And so the old adage that the police uh, use is the same thing that you and I ought to use is you never negotiate with a terrorist or a Democrat, i.e. a liberal uh, or a communist. So uh, Jim Brown's life, quite simple, not complicated at all. Had principles, uh, stuck by those principles, and uh, for all of his life, the greatest running back that ever lived hands down, uh, were there a lot of other great ones? Absolutely. But the best, uh, over a nine year period, the best run back that ever lived, uh, great combination of size and strength and speed. But, uh, at the end of the day, his legacy, as far as everybody else was complicated, but it's really quite simple. And it's simple for you and I as well is that is, you get principles and you stick with them and you say, look, this is why I believe what I believe and here's why I do and nothing's going to move me off of that because they're bedrock. And so 
uh, I, I think there's great lessons to learn from Jim Brown. Uh, you know, that anyone, even somebody that had their troubles, you know, had their ups and downs, but at the end of the day, they were the same uh, from the beginning to end. And I think that's the, the, the legacy of Jim Brown is not, is not complicated. It's actually simple. And truth is simple. Uh, you don't have to remember. Somebody said this, you never have to remember what you're going to say if you're telling the truth. You never have to uh, figure out how you're going to cast and explain conservatism if you're actually conservative. It's only when you're trying to appease conservatives and appease liberals that you have to remember both's uh, language. But if you are truly conservative, it's in the bedrock of your very being, uh, you just say it. It's really, like Jim Brown, that simple. Thank you for uh, joining the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Again, we're brought to you by RedRiverAutoGroup.com and MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED to get special uh, savings at MyPillow.com, code, uh, promo code RED. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for supporting us. We appreciate you. This is Donnie Copeland signing off, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Good night. You've been listening to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Brought to you by the Doc Washburn Show Family of Podcasts, a Yetcher Media Company.